Hey, how are you there, folks? This is Joe. Right at the top of the podcast, I'd like to tell you if you're interested in advertising on my show, maybe you just want to run some spots, or maybe you want to sponsor an episode, or maybe you even want to run some ads on some of my social media platforms like TikTok, where I have over 61,000 followers. You can do that. All you have to do is contact Chris at Chop Sports Media at gmail.com. That's Chris at chopsportsmedia at gmail.com. One other thing, if you want to come and see my live show, remember when it will be in Scarsdale, New York at Jackie B's on August 25th. All you got to do, all you got to do is go to joematterese.com and you can get tickets and you can check out everything else. All about me there on JoeMatterEast.com. Let's start the podcast. Ugh. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. Welcome. What number are we at now? I don't need to say. Pretty sure it's 28 though. Episode, I think it's 28 of the Pretender to Contender podcast. I'm your host. How you doing? It's me, Joe Matarese, from my studio in my house with central air conditioning on. It's a little warm. When it gets over like 77, I gotta, I gotta turn it on. You know, my wife gets, uh, she'll, she'll shut the air off when it's like 76. 75 77 in the house not outside like in the house she'll have it off she's like i like the fresh air i need the fresh air oh i like it i need all the windows open i have no oh god the song ended i have no i have no drapes no drapes on any of our windows it's the matterices we have nothing on any of our window coverings because I need light. I need so much light. That's my wife. Little impression there at the top. She is an amazing wife. But I don't really want to talk about that today on this podcast. I've been in a bad mood all day and I was like, do I want to be honest about that? Or do I want to just uh, pretend I'm not in a bad mood? Do I want to do that? I'm very, uh, I don't know if you guys have this in your careers. I'm sure we all do. I think it's pretty normal that our moods go around how our financial situations are going. If you have a good day, like you made some money, boom, you're in a good mood, right? That's how I feel um, with my career. And this, this Delta variant that's coming in, it's just like, what the fuck? For a comedian, you know, it's already been brutal for over a year and a half or whatever it's been. Oh, yeah, we're doing gigs again. If you saw my posts on, uh, I guess I put it on Instagram. We're doing gigs, but like half of them are outside. It's a pain in the ass to do things outside. As as much as it's nice, it's nice being outside. It's it's difficult. It's difficult to do a performance, to get the stage lights going so you can see me doing my show. I don't want the sun on me. <laughs> and then I have a stage light that's doing nothing. 
Do you ever watch? You, you see it on YouTube, right? You you go look at some of these concerts when these bands do these outdoor concerts, and when you're watching the band go on during the day, it doesn't look cool. And then when you see the band who's going on in the nighttime, which let's face it, it's the better bands, right? Isn't that the way it works? The better bands get the later time slots. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's the way it works. And I, I'm basing this on one thing. That's the way I do things. I have an opinion about something that I've witnessed once in my life, and then it'll be a really strong opinion. I saw The Who in the early 80s at a daytime concert with all these other bands. I've talked about this concert a million times. It was at the JFK Stadium that's no longer there in Philadelphia. The Clash, the Hooters, jeez. Uh, I always have trouble remembering the bands that went during the daytime, coincidental. But I remember The Who because they went on as it was getting dark and they did a long set. So by the time they were even like a quarter of the way in, it was dark. You saw the stage lights, the colors, all the, the whatever that bands, you know, like to do to make it look theatrical on stage. You can't do that in the daytime. When you're outside, it's fucking impossible unless you close it completely in and make it dark and have no windows on it, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I posted something on Instagram of me at a at an out and, and it's semi outdoors, which was Jackie B's, the place I'm doing comedy at that I just plugged August 25th, Scarsdale, New York. I'm doing it monthly. And uh, I, I had to fix things after the first one. I'm like, first of all. We're not doing shows anymore during the day. We're just not. The show's going to start at 8. I'm not doing daytime comedy. Uh, you got to move the stage to the other side so we have a good backdrop because we had a shittier backdrop the last time. I mean, that was my fault because I had all kind of things I have to project for Remember When. So I thought I could use the the side of the... Of the uh, tented thing we had going over top. I thought I could use the side there. We put some canvas up as the... It, it looked like shit. It didn't look good. I'm anal, but it looked bad. So I, I'm in a little bit of a, a mood and a little bit of a worry. Because I think a lot of my business is, is private and corporate. It, that's what it's come to over the last five years. And then mixed in... These theater shows that I do in South Jersey and in Philly, and I do them in New York and Westchester, New York, up here, and I go back and forth, and I bounce them around, and then uh, I book, sometimes I do the Remember When show as, as a private gig. A friend of mine's actually hiring me to do a party up at his house, it looks like, and then we're going to wheel it into another private gig that we're going to do up there, and... Uh, I want to film it because I have a feeling it's a really cool place, mixing in the live band with the whole thing. But the the, the really the hard part, and I, I apologize if I'm losing you and you can't even connect with this because your business might not have this if there's an unknown, it fucks it up. But if there's an unknown, if we can be together in a in a space, it makes people just not hire you until there isn't an unknown and it's like there's been this unknown you can't, i can't even invest money in 
doing these shows where, you know, I'm selling tickets. The more tickets I sell, the more I make. It's really hard to dump a lot of money into trying to push people to buy tickets if there's a chance it could get canceled or that no one wants to come because, you know, uh, everybody has to be vaccinated. And, and that's a whole other thing. And I don't ever speak about politics or any of that shit. And I'm I'm not uh, well enough read, really, to have strong opinions. But I'm vaccinated and I'm getting to the point, And maybe it's because of my job. I really feel that this unknown and this all this shit that's going on where we might get shut down again is because of fucking idiots that won't get vaccinated. I just don't get it. I don't get thinking that there's a conspiracy. I've never been that kind of guy. I don't understand, you know, not trusting science. I I don't understand how if they're saying to just listen to what we're told to do and uh, I don't like to be told what to do. All these fucking people. I don't like to. I want to do what I want. This is a country where I can do what I want. Well, that works if if you, if you're not an idiot. Do you understand? You're an idiot, so it doesn't work. It's not working. It's ridiculous. Don't be an idiot. These fucking idiot. Some of these idiot comedians posting shit. Oh, don't. I'm on vaccination. What the fuck? I got to worry about my daughter now. My daughter's unvaccinated because she has to be. She's the only one in our family that's not vaccinated. My 13-year-old son's vaccinated. My wife's vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. Every single person in my whole family in South Jersey, all my all my wife's family, every friend I have up here is vaccinated. If if you're not vaccinated, I don't I don't I don't get you, man. I don't get one of my friends. Oh, I had it already. So I don't need to get. Yes, you do. Go get fucking vaccinated, you idiot. I don't, I don't ever sound like this on my podcast, but it's it's taking my job down. I just start to feel good and then blah, 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 right out from under me again. I'm not I, I can't stand it. It's just annoying. So stop listening to dumb people. OK, if someone comes up there. I've gotten to the point, like, when I see people outdoors that are wearing their masks, that, that, to me, that means you're unvaccinated, doesn't it? Are you that scared, if you're vaccinated, to be outside? I don't know. I just think that's just, that look right there, outside, in a wide open area, and you're wearing the mask, too, is weird. You're, you're, you're way... You know, you're, you have to be unvaccinated to do that move. All right, let's get back on topic. I don't even, I was getting hot there. It's getting hot. And then I lost my hot. (sighs) Sorry about that, everybody. How do we get back? How do we get back on track? What do we got to do? I know one of the fans likes this. He likes me to do this. This always gets him back on track, right? That'll bring us back. Well, can we play this for like five seconds without getting uh, without getting flagged? All right, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. All right. Okay. Really, really, another thing that's probably controversial, but 
see if I could say this on the podcast without thinking someone thinking something bad of me. I, I think it's kind of funny because uh, if you saw a picture I posted on my social media, I couldn't get landscapers to come because my job's too small. I'm trying to raise all these Belgian block on my driveway, and they're all like. 16 inches deep they all weigh like 50 to 60 pounds it's it's a big job but for them it's a little job they don't want to come and do it i want i have to redo my driveway too but they don't want to do it they're not showing up so i'm graveling my driveway again which i don't want to do but my wife does not want to put put the black top on the on the on the driveway so she wants to gravel it i'm putting new gravel in but i'm lifting these belgian blocks myself out of the out of the ground it was pouring the other day and it was it felt good you ever been doing a really hard job outside and it starts to rain in the summer and you just let it rain on you because you're like well that feels actually pretty good as long as i can keep doing this job and i could and people, I, I live at a stop sign where I live, and they're just looking at me like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? And the funny thing is, is I have Jewish neighbors on both sides of my house. We live in a very orthodox area of New Rochelle. And I'm trying to think of a funny way to do the joke that my both my neighbors think I'm out of my mind because they will basically admit it. They're like, we don't do, they'll say it. They're like, Joe, we're Jewish. We don't do hard work. <laughs> we don't do that shit. We hire somebody. What are you doing? And I'm like, I said to my wife, and she even laughed, but I'm like, I, it's ridiculous that I'm a, I, I can't say certain things. And some of you would say, just fucking say it. You just said it about the getting shots, getting vaccinated. Say it about what you're talking about. And it's just hilarious that if I want to throw Jewish people off, all I have to do is do some really uh, labor work on my home. <laughs> and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? It's like I look, they, they look at me like I'm from outer space. Who is this guy with the hammer and the, and the, and the tools? Man, just a premise I'm working on. How do you do a joke that's racist but not racist? Because your Jewish neighbors are saying, they're saying it, but then you would say, well, you can't say it. They can say it, but you can't say it. All right. I just said it. <sighs> Did I just get canceled? Did I just get canceled from my podcast that doesn't make me that much money? <laughs> Did that just happen? <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious that I lose even more of my career for that. And I'm just like, it reminds me of a joke I did early on in my comedy career where uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. If my house was burning down, I wouldn't give a shit because I don't own anything. Like that's, that's the positive of not having anything great. You're never going to be out front of your apartment going, fuck my lawn chairs in there. Uh, my milk crate, <laughs> you know, and then the punchline was like, shit, I just bought stamps. I'm going back in. I still remember I still remember that bit. So it's similar. It's similar. I'm like, what do I got to lose? I might as well just say everything, right? Uh it's fucking, you know, it's it's really frustrating. But uh I wanna I wanna switch subjects because I put this out there to the callers. We got a few callers. I did a little last minute. I'm a little late on the podcast today. 
But I really wanted to just put out there the subject of what we had to go to, the extremes we had to go to to see nudity when I was younger. I'm 53, turning 54 in a few weeks. August 31st is my birthday. I was just thinking about that. like my, Maybe because my son's starting high school. He's in ninth grade. I think it's almost to the point where he's bored of nudity probably. He doesn't even give a shit. Yet, I've never caught him. Never caught him watching any porn on his computer or his phone. But how easy they have access to it. And I was just thinking, like, there should be a section of my Remember When show. Just this, just this, um, this topic came up, which was brief nudity. That expression. Remember that expression growing up? A movie would come on. The following movie contains brief nudity. Do you remember that? It's unbelievable. Like, you can't even find them. I just searched all over YouTube. You can't find them. It, it would sound something like this. I can remember in the 80s, you'd hear some sort of movie starting. It was either on HBO or Cinemax. Maybe it just was written on the screen. But I remember, like, the following movie contains brief nudity. Remember this one? Adult situations. Graphic violence. <laughs> that just made you want to watch it, right? You're like, oh, shit. We were fucking in, man, right? You were in when you heard brief nudity. Holy shit. Or my pa- I can remember sneaking downstairs. My parents would be sleeping. I would sneak down. There was that box with all the buttons on it. I'd find, you know, we always had like, maybe we had one pay channel. Oh, my parents didn't do multiple. I can't even believe we had one when I think about it. I can remember. Maybe, you know what? I don't think we paid. I had I had Uncle Chick, my Uncle Chick who passed away. I, he was the uncle, Uncle Chick. He climbed the pole, and he pulled the uh, whatever it was out of the cable system. I guess it was the filtering system, whatever it was. When he removed it, you got you got the pay channels. He did it for everybody on the street. I remember him even having his house wired up to his neighbor's house, so they were sharing. He had the splitter. You're like, holy shit, this guy's got a splitter? You're so ahead of your time. It's hilarious that a splitter was like, you know, we didn't have Amazon where you could just punch in what you want and then boom, you get it mailed to you. In three days, you're holding a splitter so you can get cable on all your TVs. No, you had to be like an Uncle Chick who went to the hardware store and saw what was going on, you know, and figured out that he could climb up there, risk his life for nudity. He was the uncle that had Playboy magazines. I remember finding one. I don't even remember how, but I remember finding one and being like, oh my God, like just the thought of things would fucking get you super excited, right? You even have to see it back then. You just have to think about it. They're naked over there. That's all it took. Oh my God, they're naked over there. There's an adult situation happening in the next room over. There's definitely brief nudity going on, but I can remember all that shit. Oh, my God. The shit that you would do when you were younger, and now the kids just have it at their fingertips is mind-blowing. How could they possibly end up normal? How? 
Oh, my God. So I took a lot of calls. I want to hear what these people have to say. We'll go to the first caller here, see who it is, see what he's got to say about uh, the extremes we went to in the 80s to see nudity. Oh, my God. Let's hear what we got on the phone first. Hey, Joe. I think the biggest thing we used to do is on the cable box, if you put... If you put it in between channels on those little boxes that had like the, oh, it was like a three rows and an up and down. It was like a weird box on a wire. And if you got it in between the channels, you'd get Showtime and they would show, you know, some dirty movies on Showtime. And, uh, probably we went into the city and, uh, we'd go to like the peep shows and stuff with like 20 guys and just act obnoxious. That's how I remember it. <laughs> that's funny that he, he brings back like well, the peep shows that was a little older we didn't go to those we had peep shows i lived in south jersey we had him in camden there was a whole road there i think they might there might be like one still there we called them the white shacks the whack shack that's what we called them <laughs> admiral wilson boulevard Camden, New Jersey, there were gas stations on that road if you went over the Ben Franklin Bridge to come back to South Jersey from Philadelphia. And I remember it, it, you, <laughs> being afraid to get gas there. It was cheaper because I think you could get killed. You could get killed if you stopped at one of those gas stations. There were hookers walking up and down Admiral Wilson Boulevard back then. And then the peep shows all over it. And then liquor stores where you could have the almost no ID and they'd give you alcohol. I, I totally have a vivid memory of those days, but afraid to get gas on Admiral Wilson Boulevard because you were going to get shot, and that, and you didn't even have to get out of your car. It's New Jersey. You can stay in your car while they pump it. That's how shitty of an area. You think Camden, New Jersey is shitty now, which it is really bad. I think it's like number one or two in crime in the whole country. Country, not state, fucking country, okay? Uh, so man, back then it was nasty. And he's saying, when he says putting the thing in between the button, I also remember having scrambled TV. Remember scrambled? I remember having a black and white TV. This to show how horny of a guy I am and how horny of a guy I was back then, even crazier than now. I remember having a black and white TV next to my bed and UHF was around back then. Remember, you had the regular channels on the top knob, and then the bottom knob was UHF. I don't know what UHF stand for, st- stood for. I know that it, it had to stand for something. I'm sure F stood for frequency of some something. I don't know. Does H stand for horizontal? What was U? I don't fucking know what U. I'd love to hear from you guys when uh, you listen to this episode. Tell me what the U stands for in UHF. 951-298-9899 is always the voicemail for the show. If you ever want to leave a voicemail, get on the episode. Just uh, just call and leave a message. And if you have a question, just leave it. I, I, I will answer them on the show. Uh, the scrambled fucking TV, though. I remember putting on UHF and you could... F- I can remember... Two things, finding accidental nudity, and this will show you how I was destined to be a stand-up comedian. I can remember getting A&E's Evening at the Improv 
scrambled on some sort of UHF channel and being able to watch or just listen to comedians. I can remember that, which is weird. I probably this is before cable. I don't I don't know how it was. And it's all it's all mush in my brain because A and E was a cable channel, so wouldn't that have been on the TV, on the cable channels? I don't know why I was seeing it scrambled. And it was clean comedy, so why was it scrambled? I don't know, but I have a weird memory of comedy being scrambled. <laughs> I don't know why. You guys are old. Jimmy's a couple years older than me. Maybe he remembers those days. I was Jimmy Palumbo. That last uh, message. Go listen to his podcast also. Jimmy's got a great podcast weekly on the Chop Sports Media. Go go listen to it. It's a great one. Chopsportsmedia.com. And you can see all the shows that they carry. And you can listen to other podcasts. All right? And you can advertise across all the podcasts. You don't have to just advertise on mine by getting a hold of Chris over there at chopsportsmedia at gmail.com. Chopsportsmedia at gmail.com. All right. Let's go. Second call. Second call. I love doing these calls. Yeah. So the one thing I want to talk about is how do you get porn in the early 80s? So it was pretty tough because we didn't own a VCR or a Betamax. And you would think we would since my father was a TV repairman. <laughs> so I had some of the hottest equipment out there. I had this badass 19-inch black and white TV. I don't even think it was 19 inches. It was smaller than that. But if you turned on, like, channel 65 on the UHF, sometimes on the black and white you could see the squiggly line on the porn channel, and once in a while you'd, you'd see breast. Nothing hotter than seeing a black and white breast that just kind of squiggles by. But when you're, like, 14, it's the best breast you've ever seen in your life. So it was a good time. Not very fun. All right. Bye. Yeah, it's funny. My, that's my friend Mike that I grew up with in South Jersey. He was thinking he wasn't good. He's like, ah, I left something for you. Uh, it's probably stupid. It, it, it's not. It, that's exactly perfect for what I want to talk about. That that that's exactly what I'm saying. Yes, I don't. I don't know where that was coming from. Why was it on our UHF? I don't understand technology back then i don't understand uhf and how it was being transmitted where was nudity coming from if this is before cable television mike this has got to be you know in philly south jersey we had prism which doesn't ex doesn't exist anymore that was a pay channel in philadelphia prism were we getting prism or was this before prism BP or AP before prism or after prism. I don't know. I don't know, but you are right. A squiggly nipple. I bet there was a lot of times we thought it was a nipple and it wasn't. We were like fucking jerking off to like a uh <laughs> like a the side of a ping pong table or a <laughs> Like a, nothing. It was sports by accident. We we're fucking jerking off to Bake McBride, the Phillies right fielder. We thought we saw Bush, and it just turned out to be his afro. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up. Bake McBride up the plate for the Philadelphia Phillies here in 1980. This is Harry Callis. I just broke into this impression just because I said the name Bake McBride. This is the announcer, Harry Callis, who would have said that back then. 
He was the Philadelphia Phillies announcer, and uh, Artie Lang used to make me say this on his show. He used to say, you're listening to Channel 17 in Philadelphia. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies broadcast. Something like that. I don't remember. More calls. Mike, great call. I don't know if this helps or not, but right around 1980, 1981. Oh, my God. I could tell in one second when it's a Philly. That accent. Oh, my God. And I know this is Steve. Steve from South Jersey. I forgot to tell everybody. If I don't tell them every time, they don't say, hey, this is so-and-so from from the, from here or this town or that town. They, they don't know. Every week, everybody who's listening, always say your name and where you're from when you're calling. It just gives it a little flavor. Come on. I don't know if this helps or not, but right around 1980, 1981, uh, I... <laughs> My buddy's garage had this loft above it that you had to climb this homemade two-by-four ladder to get up there. And the previous house owners had hundreds and hundreds of Playboy and Penthouse and Porno Mags. And I used to always go over to his house. We always want to go up in the loft and look at uh, naked magazine pictures right around 1980, 81. This is Steve Creel from New Jersey. Oh, uh, I hope it. this helps. <laughs> Steve, that's fucking great. I, I, that, that could be a whole other section of discussion is like you'd find them in these weird places too. Like it was so secretive. It's so out there now. No, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to have magazines in a, in a bag thrown in like, a pile of leaves somewhere in your backyard, you know, which comes to we're wives that that hard on us, you know, that like we had to hide it, you know, like if we had those magazines or did most husbands back then just, you know, their wives knew why did they have to hide them? I mean, I guess it was hidden from the kids, not their wife, but to find them. I remember finding and you didn't find playboys. That was like normal. That was easy shit. When we grew up, you found magazines that were dirty magazines in a in a bag. They were like even dirtier than Hustler. Like they were fucking disgusting. Like girls just pulling the whole vagina open. Like who wants who's turned on by that? I, I never understood that. I was like, am I odd? Am I, I remember thinking that, am I weird that I like to see the vagina from about 10 feet away? I don't want to go in, I don't want to see the inside of her like I'm, I'm doing some sort of, you know, vaginal exam. I, I don't need that. You know what I mean? I'll let a doctor do that. Like, it looks nice when I see everything. I'll be honest, like, I don't even get turned on by porn, really, unless... I see the whole thing. I, I, I just the vagina is not that exciting. I like to see her face and her eyes and her emotion. <laughs> I'm weird though. I guess that's what makes me weird. There's probably plenty of guys right now that are listening, going, "Oh man, I love the I love a zoomed in vagina. Nothing hotter than being past the pubes, going all the way inside, man." I oh yeah yeah no 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 I don't I don't I don't know I don't like that I've always been the whole thing you know why I was never really in to strip clubs you know 
because they're it's fake. They're faking it. They're pretending that they're into you. And I can tell you're faking it. I mean, occasionally, let's be honest, guys, if you're listening, occasionally you get someone who's acting is unbelievable. She is like the Meryl Streep of a strip club. She makes you think that you're fucking the shit. And I guess, you know, I had a friend who occasionally picked up, had would have sex with the stripper. He, was, he had that kind of game, I guess. Pulled it off a few times. And I was like, I even think I used to say this on stage. I go, what do you mean you fucked the, the, the stripper? He's like, you guys left. I went back. You went back? I went fucking back. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Ah, but he was, he was the horniest of all my friends. That was another thing. I was always the least horny of all my friends. I always felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm really horny, but these guys are to a whole nother level, you know? Like, I don't need, I don't like looking at hot, naked girls with, like, five other guys around. Like, I, I'm more of an alone guy, you know? Even honestly, I've been with two girls at the same time, a couple of times, when I was younger. And didn't find it that amazing. Like, I was thinking it was going to be the greatest thing ever, and this was a bit in my act, too. It really wasn't, because they're not showing you full attention. They're doing it kind of as a joke, at least the girls... I was with did and I mean how many girls are like oh my god I'm we're both really into this guy let's go have sex with him like that's not usually how the two on one situation goes down right so I like one girl who's really into me that's all I don't need fucking nine at the same time that are you know going all over the you know I mean that's fun but I did it twice, and both times it was a letdown, and uh, I'm good. Give me one. I'm fine. All right. <laughs> Getting too uh, intimate here. Let's go to the next one. Next caller. Who are you? Hey, Joe. Just got your message regarding the extreme. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Matt from Outside Silly, by the way. Um, talk about seeing the extremes of uh, growing up tracing nudity in the 80s. Uh, well, this is, you know, Joe, it's all about timing when the, uh, girls are going to the locker room at high school and knowing, you know, the proper location is to be, you know, just, you know, what you're going to catch. But, uh, also remember, <laughs> you know, eventually getting to, um, having some sort of cable and going to the channels, Joe, where, you know, you turn to it, you know, it's a Playboy channel and you see, you can barely see anything, but occasionally a clear line shows up with a new part of the body. And that was like the best thing in the world, right? Now I get bored because it's all over the place. So anyway, that was my tale. But yeah, it was, uh, that was the best we had. Of course, I grew up in the country, so that was the best we could do too. Uh, anyway, Joe, hope you're doing well. Uh, talk to you soon. Uh, thanks for calling, Matt. That just got me thinking of something because you said the Playboy channel. I, I forgot about that, that that arose at one point that they would have these... That must have been before uh, you could just watch porn for free on, on the internet, right? It had to have been. I had a friend who was a subscriber to the Playboy channel. I think I even wanted to go to his house and like put a blank VHS tape in and just record the whole evening so I would have it and I could bring it home, you know. And Weird, right? That you just paid to have a channel that had that on it. He was like, oh, the Playboy channel. And then they would try to do programming, which was fucking stupid, you know? 
they'd have uh, they'd have like a show on. There'd be like two girls that had a show, and they'd be talking about sexy things or whatever. And like, I don't know if I, this makes me weird or the only one that feels this way. I think a lot of the guys would agree. What a turnoff in porn when the girl's trying to be funny. Is there anything worse? I started thinking, like, I wonder if it's that way, like, if you're married to a girl comedian, you know, maybe why I was just never, I was never turned on to girl comedians. And sometimes even girl comedians would say to me, like, you're so, like, you're nice. You don't, you know, you don't hit on me and you don't, like, you're a good guy. And I used to, maybe I wanted to say to them, it's because you're funny and it's a turnoff. <laughs> I don't I don't find that sexy. I, I, even though my wife is funny, but she's not too funny. <laughs> Just made myself laugh. Yeah, she's not too funny that you're like, shut up, shut up. Like, God, I hate in, in porn when they're trying to be funny in the middle of the whatever they're doing that's sexy. No, 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 don't do that. <sighs> All right. That was that was fun. That was fun to get out. We got one last call here. We're going to end the episode here. But I think it's a great one. Remembering when we went to crazy extremes for nudity. Uh, the Playboy channel or even the locker room, you said. Like, yeah, there would be movies back then where there'd be a hole in the locker room, right? Was that like Porky's? And I was like, oh, my God, maybe I should buy a long drill bit. And you're like... <laughs> There's probably somebody out there listening to this podcast right now going, I did, I did. I bought a long drill bit and I went through and I was about there and I hit I hit the electric and I, I almost died from the electrical shock. Like the crazy shit you would do, right? You would walk by a window and if you saw like, oh my God, you would lose your fucking mind. I almost think it's good. That porn is so easily like maybe that maybe there's a positive, right? There's a positive to porn being so easily accessible because you don't have to do anything weird now to see to see nudity. You just go onto your computer and turn it on. It's like not a big deal. It's saving lives, everybody. It's saving marriages. It's saving people. It's saving young people from doing dangerous shit to see nudity. They don't have to go in a, a loft that might have not had a stable uh, heart, uh, wood <laughs> stabilizing that loft. You could have fell through, Steve. You could have died. Imagine dying. Ah, that would be a bad way to die, jerking off to some quadruple X disgusting porn that you found in a bag. We got our last caller. I'm curious who this is going to be. Yo, it's Arnold from South Jersey. Uh, you're talking about trying to see boobs as a kid. I can remember in the 80s, uh, me and two buddies, we had a penthouse that was probably about six years old hidden in the woods that we used to go out and grab and smoke cigarettes and look at nigga women. And then with the cable box, had a cable box with buttons. If you push channel two and three and you switch between A and B and put your knob between two and three, you got the adult station, but it was swervy. And you look, and like, I think that's a kid. I think that's two girls. And half the time, you even know what you're looking at. You just hear it. But today, they're overrun with nudity. I wish I had it that good. Later. Yeah, they are overrun. Thank you, Arnold, for that message. They're overrun with nudity. Um, 
And they're overrun with apps that they can meet girls to try to get them to be nude. You know, porn's probably boring to them. It's too easy to get a real girl. You know, just go on one of those sites in like fucking 12 minutes. You're probably getting a blowjob, right? You just put in your coordinates (laughs) and it probably comes up for them. You know, it's insane how much easier they have it and how difficult it was. I mean, my friends used to make fun of me. 17 years old, Wildwood, New Jersey, four guys in a one bedroom for the summer. They used to rip on me because I didn't go to bed until I like met a girl. I had to like get a girl's number. I just would walk the streets till 2 a.m. I was I was nuts, which is weird that I call them hornier than me. <laughs> I guess I'm wrong. I was just hornier in a different way. We're all different people. Ah. Uh. <coughs> God, Arnold, Arnold, oh my God, those were the days, man. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Let me, uh, let me get back. Let's get back on track here. How do we always end it? Yeah, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Well, thank you for listening again to Pretender to Contender. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think it was a good one. It was fun. I felt a little more raw than I have felt in a long time. I don't usually get that dirty and I and I might never get that dirty again. That might be the last time you hear that side of me, everybody. I might get shut down, too, for that episode. I might uh, cancel culture. Who knows? I'm done. I can't do uh, the shitty gigs outdoors anymore. So keep listening. If you're interested in advertising on the show or on my TikTok, over 61,000 followers, all you gotta do is Hit up Chris at Chops Chop Sports Chop, not two chops. Chop Sports Media at gmail.com. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'll be in Scarsdale, New York, August 25th. All right. Come on out to the live show. JoeMatteris.com.